There's no doubt that the main teaching about Luke's point of this reading is the healing of the crippled woman and the, the fact that Jesus healed her on the Sabbath. He states that in his opening line, so we know it's quite simple that that's the point he's trying to make. More than that, it was okay to heal her on the Sabbath. Even more than that, it was good to heal her on the Sabbath. But we'll come back to that a bit later, because I want us to focus, first of all, on the woman. 18 years a cripple, bent over, unable to straighten up. Now, I'm not sure if you have seen when uh, I've been coming to worship here. It's quite funny. If I don't come in my dog collar, people don't actually notice. So I usually can like, blend into the crowd. But when I have been here, some of the time, I come with my mum when she comes to visit uh, London. And I don't know if you've met her. Um, she's by no means a cripple, but she is aged 79. And she's got a bit of arthritis and she's had a knee replacement. So whenever she comes to London, she's convinced she's going to fall over. That's what it is. You know, she gets into her head. That's what's going to happen. And indeed, if she's walking around the streets of Kenton or Harrow, where I live, she's always looking down because she, she swears that these curves are getting worse every time she comes. Well, when you walk with her, she hangs onto your arm. She, you know, she loops in, and you can just feel the tension in her body. She walks with her head down, and she's carefully, well, I say carefully, she just grips hold of you as you're moving along. And it just feels overly cautious, um, restricted. I wanted to lift her eyes up to see all the things that are in London. But for her, she fears that she might fall over, trip, maybe break something. And so every moment feels limited. Limiting ourselves, I would argue, is not what being a disciple of Jesus is all about. We, as children of God, know that God knew us before he even formed us. He knew what we were meant to be. God, before he created us in our mother's womb, blessed us and set us on a path of life, life in its fullness. Of course, that doesn't mean that life doesn't throw things at us that are life-limiting. And sometimes we don't feel that we've got the skills that we should have to do the things that God asks us to do. But as God declares in Jeremiah 1, if God wants us to do something, he will equip us. He will bless us. He will enable us to fulfill our lives and all the callings that God wants to place on our lives. We see this in today's story. Here is a woman crippled for 18 years. And Jesus could see that she could have more in her life than what she'd currently got. So he lays hands on her and declares, you are set free from your ailments. How many people in this world would love to hear those words? How many of us would like to hear that we are set free from anything that binds us or casts us down? Well, Jesus does say that to each one of us day after day. 
Now, you might have sat there and just questioned one of the things I've just said. Because I said something that went like this. Limiting ourselves is not what being a disciple is about. And some of you might want to argue with me and say, well, it's exactly what being a Christian is about, limiting yourself to a particular way. Well, what I can be absolutely certain about is that we should never limit ourselves when it comes to doing a good deed for someone. Whenever, whatever time it is, we should be there for others. And creating rules that stop us doing a good thing is never of God. Creating any rule that stops us doing good is not of God. Ah, oh, but you might say to me if you were wanting to play clever with this reading, but God gave the Jewish people the rule of the Sabbath. Of course it's of God. Well, the thing is that there are many good things that are given to us by God, and we can spoil them by the way we behave with them, the way we choose to interpret them. We're told in Mark chapter 2 that the Sabbath was created for humankind, but not that humankind was created for the Sabbath. In other words, that God has blessed us with a rest day, not for it to become a burden, but that, we might, that it might help us live our lives to the full, to be fully the people we are created to be. And so with this understanding, Jesus has absolutely no qualms about doing good on the Sabbath, even if it did look like work. And those challenging him are shamed by the reality that they've overcomplicated God's love, misinterpreted it to God's people. If the Sabbath is for recreation, then indeed, as I was reminded by my partner the other day, it's also for recreation. Recreation, recreation. Jesus cleverly twists this and makes the recreation the woman's life itself. She's recreated. She's straightened up. <coughs> for the first time in years, she sees the possibilities of life. She straightens up stands tall, sees the possibilities of life, and by her words, and we can only presume by her actions too, she praises God. It's true that God, day by day, seeks to do this for each and every one in his creation. To touch our lives that we might know God, to see the world of possibilities offered by God, that we might share these with others, that we might go out of our way to do good, and in doing good, that we might name the name of Jesus, that this is the reason we do good, not just because we want to be good people, but because God is calling us to do that. But maybe there's a little bit more additional teaching for us to think about in this scripture. For the passage also helps us to work out what things in our world are of God 
and what things are of human making. A very obvious example is what's been being reported in the news this week. The way girls are being treated in Afghanistan by the Taliban. Lives limited. Education denied. Bound by rules. Literally man-made rules. Man saying what woman can or can't do. And it's clearly nothing of God. For if there's not good there for all, it cannot be for God. You see, if an action is good, we can know that that's of God. And if it's of God, it will be good for all. Of course, it's easy for us to point fingers at other parts of the world, but we do have to check our own house as well. One of the tensions we always have around church life is, it, is respecting our elders, sir. <laughs> but the synagogue, the, the leaders in the synagogue were the people who were used to telling people what to do, how to behave. And yet Jesus noticed that there was something that was not of God. Another rule that was being overpushed. So if there are things in our own lives, we have to be really careful not to just go, oh, we always respect the elders. For the truth is, we can only ever always respect the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we need to go back and look at it time and again to say, what is it saying to us? So Jesus shows us through the healing of this crippled woman that when we know God in our hearts and lives, our actions will be transformed. We can stand proud and proclaim Jesus as Lord. We can stand proud and serve God and do things differently if it's for the good of humankind. We can stand proud and share why we do these good things so that others might know and believe. Friends, we worship a God who is impossible to define or to sum up in a few words. Even in all the rules of the Torah, we can't sum up God. We worship God who is wider than the limits of our minds. And because the limits of our minds, in generation after generation, we have fallen into the sin of creating and proclaiming a smaller God, proclaiming a less loving God. So even today around the church, we will tell ourselves that God could not forgive certain people, and yet God tells us he can. We tell ourselves that he'll only love people who live or behave or worship like us. And it's not true. Or we'll tell ourselves that he would not accept certain kinds of love between human beings because that's what we've been taught to believe. Yet, if we really, really knew the ways of Jesus, we don't know that this is nonsense. And for the sin of limiting God to the world, 
we should hold our heads in shame. For all we really do is limit our lives and limit the possibilities of others who might truly know God and begin to live their life in all its fullness too. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, a life of infinite possibilities, let us give thanks. Let us lift our eyes to the Lord. Let us bring our worship by the way that we live with reverence and awe. You see, at the heart of today's reading is a call to lose our hypocrisy. A call to repent of unsound teachings that we often quote out of context. To call a call to change lives, our lives and other people's lives, each for the better. In other words, whether it be a Sunday, a Monday, a Tuesday, a Wednesday, a Thursday, a Friday, or a Saturday, we have no choice. Jesus tells us. Indeed, Jesus demonstrates that if there's a good thing that you can do, a God thing that you can do, a a kindness that will enable others to fully become what they're called to be, stand proud Stand firm in the love of God and just do it to the glory of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.